T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to bring me aboard. Permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's D.A. Welcome to a very special edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody, because it's bells and sirens time. Number 100. We're keeping it 100 here on the PGP. This is the 100th episode of our weekly installment of the show within the show, the show behind the show. It's taken many twists and turns and evolutions over the last two years, but we have finally hit number 100. So we'll go back over our favorite moments of the first 99 episodes. And as always, you can subscribe for free to the PGP. It has its own iTunes feed because... You know what? It's big time at this point in time. Just go on to iTunes and search Permission Granted Podcast. You'll see it. Subscribe for free. It's also available on our normal show iTunes feed and on our website, daoncbs.com. Available in video form on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Show. Mraz, I know this is an exciting day for you, a real benchmark. It marks 75 episodes of the PGP that you actually produced, and now 25 that you really didn't produce or book anything for. I think that's a totally fair point. Exciting. I, it's, it's very exciting that I could be this poor at everything I do. So, so it's good. So we went over number 99 last week, all of our favorite moments and potential guests and things we wanted to run back. So I think the best thing we could do here on the PGP for number 100 is play just snippets, not in any specific order, but snippets from maybe our 10 favorite moments from the first 99 episodes. Yes, and I, sh- and I think it should be acknowledged before we get into doing all this that we did take listener feedback based off of our conversation on last week's Permission Granted podcast where right. several several of our, uh, our esteemed listeners, if you will, say they have liked the way we've gone without guests. So rather than just you know horseshoe a very good guest into PGP 100... Let's go this route and relive some of the best moments. I'm a big fan of retrospectives. I'm always a sucker for retrospectives. So, you know what? This is the way to do it. Now, on 101, we might have to go back to a good guest. But okay, for 100, this is the right way to do it. And I do like a very special episode because it reminds me of when I used to watch reruns of like 80 sitcoms like Different Strokes or Facts of Life or Mr. Belvedere. And inevitably, if there was a really serious, twisted episode, it'd be like, now time for a very special episode <laughs> of Different Strokes. This one's about pedophilia. Okay. Yeah. Everybody remembers that one. See, I'm going to go opposite. This reminds me of like when you were watching Seinfeld and they got to a, a landmark episode and it would be, well, let's relive the best clips that we've seen. A clip show. A clip show, a clip if you episode. will. So, okay. What do we got? What are we starting with here for our first clip? Well, we will... 
Oh, I got my hand on the roulette. Just, How, off the, just off the top of the list. Off the top of the list. We'll go with Jen Royal when she joined us. This was back on PGP 40. Jen Royal's become a big deal. She was a, a longtime sports reporter. Um, she's a Boston native. She moved back to Boston after reporting on the Ravens and the Orioles for Mastin for a number of years. I became good friends with her when I worked up in, uh, in Boston, and she made a transition into becoming a chef and a TV celebrity, like a reality celeb. Which is insane, the whole twist. And she actually, uh, on this podcast, had discussed how she went from basically being at every baseball game every year, depending on what team she'd covered, to the point where she doesn't even like going to baseball games anymore. She was so done with that lifestyle. Yeah, and then she was on um, one of the one of the competitive cooking shows on NBC, I believe. I forget what the name of it was. It wasn't Celebrity Chef or something familiar like that. Well, she's that. not a celebrity, necessarily. Hmm. So I, I don't even know if that's a show, but I feel like... No, it was... it's probably not, but it, it's... <laughs> It's not chopped. It's one of those. So, uh, so you think you can cook one of these, you know, type of shows? But she, she got huge national recognition out of it. Now I see her. She's uh, she's part of uh, uh, like advertisements nationwide. Advertisements for uh, for Miller, I believe. So she's doing big things. Love her to death, and uh, she pulls no punches. She has a very uh, salty, potty Boston mouth, and she was describing to us. Uh, what her Instagram feed looked like. Um, you're talking about my death row meal? Is this my death row yes, meal? Yes, yes. I want to know Jen Royal's death row meal. Oh, my God. It would be a meatball pizza mm. with extra cheese, a side of a uh, filet. Okay. Rare. Uh-huh. <laughs> and some lobster mac and cheese. <laughs> Yeah, has anybody vomited and shit themselves before the electric chair? <laughs> <laughs> that probably happens during the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still active on social media, so I encourage all of our, yes. our listeners to check out Jen at Jen underscore Royal. That's at Jen underscore Royal. And, uh, and you're active and you're tweeting up a storm and everybody can come see you at your restaurant. Yeah, and there's lots of boobs on my inst- on my uh, on my Twitter account. Boobs for days. Boobs, boobs, boobs. Boobies, boobies, boobies. <laughs> <laughs> What's better yeah. than boobs? Nothing. Jen Royal never want to pull a punch. Whoa, that was raw. I like anything, anytime. Let's just you know talk as men here for a sec. A woman could yell boobs, 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 boobies, boobies, boobies. How yeah. are you not all in on listening to that? Got to be all in, and I'm sure there were many scurrying to her uh, to her Twitter feed at that point. I know I did for quite a long time. <laughs> and what'd you think about her death row meal? Uh, uh, I love the meatball pizza call. You know what I loved about it? I she, love meatball pizza. She, kind of like a, a boxing match where she kind of loops in, she's throwing the punches, whatever, and then she lays the right hook at the end with the lobster mac and cheese, yeah. which just finishes the game right there, and you're like, okay, you win. Lobster uh, mac and cheese, delicious. Uh, meatball pizza, delicious. I think my death row meal might not need a side of steak in it if I'm eating all of that other You're stuff. going down, though, right? You're going down. You might as well break out all the protein you can. Yeah, not a lot of veggies and fruits uh, in Jen Royal's uh, death row chair. Would you really put veggies and fruits in your death row meal? I mean, I might mix in a, uh, maybe a veggie just so I can get my next piece of steak down or whatever. <laughs> just to break up the taste? Yeah, yeah. I love Jen Royal. That was a lot of fun. All right, what do we got up next? Uh, this one, honestly, we probably should have started with, was the first ever Permission Granted podcast, which we we have to thank Pat O'Brien as our guest. 
because we had waited a couple weeks to try to find a guest like this to really help us get this thing off the ground. And yeah. without Pat O'Brien, who knows when this thing would have started. We may only be on PGP 99 by now. Maybe. Maybe even less. <laughs> maybe even fewer. Yeah, per, uh, Pat O'Brien had a long, illustrious career as a sportscaster in the 80s and 90s, early 90s. And then he moved over to Entertainment Tonight, I think it was. It was one of the entertainment shows. Then became a Hollywood Access type guy for years. Well, he was a, an alcoholic, um, is an alcoholic, battled alcoholism throughout his career. And he wrote this tell-all book about it and, and kind of opened up about all of this stuff. And so we talked to him about it. And uh, he was very honest and very open. And he also, in the book and on the air with us, trashed entertainment television, which I respect uh because I think entertainment television is trash. Garbage. Total garbage. So uh, this was very interesting because a guy that was in the belly of the beast went back and bit the hand that had fed him and paid him for a long time. Harsh in the word. I mean, I was very harsh with uh, Linda Bell Blue, my executive producer, because uh, there was no worse person to work for. I was pretty harsh with, um, with uh, I forget her name. She's so forget. Oh, uh, Sean Robinson. Uh, and those things are all documented. The other stuff was fun. Nancy O'Dell. I love Nancy O'Dell. And, you know, everything that I wrote about her was uh, stuff that she and I laughed about. Why did I put it in the book? You know what? I put everything else in. I just figured people should know what uh, some of these people were like to work with. And the funny thing about it is that a couple of them have called me and said, why'd you do that? And I say, listen, we were in the business of destroying people's lives. How does it feel? <laughs> You know, I mean, and most people hate when that's that table's turned on them in the broadcasting industry. And I'm not destroying anybody's life, but you know, we would put out rumors and uh, you know, just ruining people's days by saying stuff that wasn't true. And um, my stuff is true. So once it turns the table on you, uh, it's a little different. We were in the business of destroying people's lives. What an interesting way to uh, to categorize entertainment television. Yeah, and it's still going on. I mean, 100 PGPs later, if the Pat O'Brien revealed that, if you ever watch entertainment television, this is what still goes on. It's amazing. Are they still destroying people's lives, though, or are they just, you know, it's all like PR and glad-handing and what movie is coming out and all that? No, I think there's still plenty of, uh, and perfect example, I like Real Housewives of New Jersey. Uh -huh. Okay? I readily admit this. Mm -hmm. Teresa just recently got out of prison, and this new season started or whatever. When she got out of prison... She's and there's a scene in the show, and I remember this when she first got out of prison because I was a whore for this stuff. I I wanted to see what was going on. They basically had two paparazzi trucks, and she, you know who is she really? Following her and basically swerving off the road to try to make sure they got whatever picture they could of her to get over. And, and her life's in danger. Where all she wants to do is just go see her damn kids after she's been in prison for a year. And that's just one example of what these people are doing. And then E puts these pictures up and everything like this. It's just it's a disgrace. Can you let celebrities just live their lives? Well, but isn't that part of the, the deal you make with the devil of being that big of a celebrity? See, are, is that how you feel? If you make enough money, you're open to whatever? Well, I don't think that paparazzi should put their uh, lives in harm's way like Princess Diana, Princess Diana. Didn't, right. didn't deserve to die over this. But I I mean, to act like can we just let celebrities live their lives? Uh, I mean, isn't that the well, whole I mean bit that people love to know about celebrity lives and so they just keep getting spoon fed that? I listen, if you're going to hide out in the bushes and take pictures of somebody, you know, eating a meal with whoever, you know, in Los Angeles, fine, so be it. But do we have to be tracking people down on the road and waiting outside their homes? 
I mean, literally waiting at the base yeah. of their homes. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think that crosses a line to me. Now, I, if they're out in public, you're in public, fair game. You know what I mean? As I said, you're eating a meal. Somebody just take a picture of you. That's that's it. You're out. But well, I, you, you know, could say you're you're in public when you leave a, a correctional facility or police. But uh, I think driving on the roads one. And again, I to add to this, they're outside our home, and this happens all the time when you see people's pictures. You know, oh look, they're by their own pool, like. How how shady is that, that you're within the neighborhood just trying to scour these people's homes? Yeah, but isn't it shady that we want that? I mean, I don't oh, get I it. Oh, I agree. I agree that people that consume it. My wife's guilty of this. My wife can't get enough of this. And I told her, what are you doing? I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't have any interest in uh, in celebrities' lives. I, I don't understand Us Weekly. I don't understand uh, the celebrity tabloid culture. I don't understand the I mean, the paparazzi that's here for us when we leave here at 10 p.m. Eastern is unbelievable. That I get. That I, <laughs> that I understand. <laughs> All right, so what's clip number three here, Mraz? Okay, somebody who's really, uh, I think their star has risen even more since they last appeared on the Permission Granted podcast, and that was on PGP 47, so we're talking about over a year ago, was uh, Christine Leahy. Oh, no doubt. She's become a total superstar. Total superstar. This was when she had just started American Ninja Warrior. She had just began, I believe, the first season that she was hosting American Ninja Warrior, Warrior on NBC. And uh, she had just gotten the net, that network gig. She had been doing uh, sports stuff up until then on KTLA out in Los Angeles. And then she did American Ninja Warrior. After that, that launched her into being Colin Cowherd's sidekick. Um, and then, and now American Ninja Warrior's taken off. She's doing red carpet stuff all over the place. She's doing boxing, uh, sideline reporting. She's just, she is, she's done so much on a huge scale since then, that's been the last calendar year, and I know Leahy as well because she she and I worked together up in Boston when she was at Fox 25 up there. So um, so I've known Christine for a couple of years now, so we caught up with her as her star was kind of starting to burgeon on the national stage. And it's so funny that she, because she's in L.A. and now she's on network TV, she gets some interesting perks. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I've met the game. I've actually kind of become friends with the game, which is probably like the coolest thing I can that's say. a kind of a mind-blowing <laughs> sentence to utter <laughs> i know but it makes me so happy i have no idea um so so meeting those people so i text i texted the game and i was like hey what did you think about kendrick's diss track Whoa. Back. i know right and he wrote back he was like if anybody comes back with a rebuttal they're awful because that guy every word that he said was right he's a great rapper he's the next Big thing. Wow. How about that? You texting the game yeah. about uh-huh. diss tracks is essentially, <laughs> as you said, that's that's the top of the mountain right there, Christine. It really is. Like I, I mean, I think I've interviewed I've interviewed Tom Brady, I've interviewed Kobe Bryant, but you know, texting the game really, you know, that was that was a highlight of my life. Christine is awesome. She's got an encyclopedic knowledge of modern hip hop, so she's awesome. But uh what do you what do you think you save the game cell number as in your phone? Is it the game or just game? Game I th- rapper? I think the game parentheses rapper. This way, you don't assume the game could be a bar. The game could be an actual game, right, a, a game. maker of a game, video game. Uh, there could be. It's almost like when you save, you know, a, a, a Jacob. Like I always have to save Jacob <laughs> in parentheses Chicken Challenge. Okay, good. You know what I mean. So Jacob Wilkins is not in your phone. It says Jacob Chicken Challenge. Chicken Challenge, right? Wow. So and you have to save people this way. Uh, Mike Samter, I've known forever. Samter work. Oh, you know what I mean. Something like so that. You don't. You don't have enough. 
uh, ability to re- remember uh, uh, people's last names? Well, I think it also helps in this day and age with the smartphones. Like, I like searching. Like, whenever I book a guest, oh. I will search the letters NFL, and anybody I've put their name slash NFL comes okay. up, and I know those are NFL guests. So if keywords I need some, are good for you. Keywords are good. Okay. Work like that. So if she's going to search, oh, how many rappers do I have my phone? Rapper. Okay, here's the game, yeah. rapper. Yeah. I think that's how you would have to go with the phone. Could you just imagine having, like, a text thread, and it says the game up top? Oh. And it's actually the game. <laughs> I'd just be texting, like, random lyrics, trying to act real casual. Yeah. Yeah, eh, good for her. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Something tells me she's rap uh, up to rapper total in the phone book since the yeah. last year. Uh, she's no, she knows all the celebs now. She's, Maybe somebody with a hit in the last year. Yeah, I mean, she does red carpet stuff for uh, for networks, and she's just she's a superstar. So that was pretty cool. All right, who's next? Uh, we will go with Tom Arnold. It's pretty amazing to think that we had Tom Arnold on the permission granted. I'm podcast. telling you, I mean, we used to really roll out the hits like the game. So Tom Arnold, we had on the show, uh, he was doing a stand-up act. He was doing a tour. He was promoting the tour. And maybe he had a book, too? He could have. i got to be honest. Tom Arnold, this was Permission Credit Podcast 5. I didn't even book Tom Arnold. I have to give Kenny Brock credit. This was a Kenny Brock booking. We had Pat O'Brien and, and Tom Arnold in the first five episodes. It was tremendous. I'm sure we had Adam Kaufman twice in the first time <laughs> as well. So uh, Tom Arnold was talking about uh, hecklers and negative attention on social media and told a great story about actually hunting down a guy that had blogged criticism of him. You know, there was a kid that had a website, Tom Arnold's the Devil. Well, I tracked that guy down. And <laughs> you he did? did? And so I confronted him. Like, really? Uh, you know, but here's the sad part. His mother wrote, he was living in her basement, and like he had no friends until he had this website called Tom Arnold is the Devil. And now he's got like 30 friends, and they communicate all the time, and they have fun with this. And I felt so terrible that I was like, Buddy, just do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have so, at it. <laughs> yeah, because I think when you go, oh, we're all equal. We're all. Yeah, I'm going to confront this person, man to man. Well, you know, you find out that, you know, maybe uh, a maybe they didn't mean it that way, or maybe they've got some kind of a sad situation. And you know what? We're so blessed with the lives that we have that we don't. I don't think we want to confront that. And, and the people that are smart just move on so we always make this joke about bloggers sitting in their mother's basement yeah but that's, in, it's in true. this case it actually literally was true this was it's a guy true. living in his mother's basement i'd say it's about 90 percent true that's what i think isn't that kind of amazing i mean we always say that but i don't assume anybody really does live in their mother's basement you know i'm sure there are people that do but i i never assume that that's a literal thing that happens. That's right. You'd still picture people in their own loft apartment with their laptop blogging away. Not, yeah. not, not like some dark dungeon down there. Especially mom's, mom's basement. basement where she's, you know, yelling that she has meatloaf ready for you. So that's not a good look for that guy. Number two, Tom Arnold hunted one of his <laughs> critical bloggers down. Amazing. It's amazing. But you would think if you're Tom Arnold, <laughs> you let it roll off your back, totally. wouldn't you? I mean, I, you know. Do you have to actually, and, and by the way, that means Tom Arnold's Googling his name and searching for this stuff in reality. Of course. You know, like, do and that. going to, like, the blog's IP address and finding out. Could I, you imagine getting that in, I mean, there has to be a million million people that hate you, a million people that hate me, listen, right? I mean, do we go after Vero Beach Mike Finn's fan? Oh, <laughs> why even give him the time of day on the podcast? <laughs> 
<laughs> he'd be like our number one hater. He would. Well, now his newest beef I've noticed because he roasts me is with Ken Carmen. So he fights yeah. with everybody apparently. I'm, I mean, come on, get a life. I, I muted him so I don't even know what he says anymore, and I'm sure he just keeps firing at me. It doesn't matter. It so doesn't matter. I, could you imagine hunting him down, like finding his? You know what? Now I think I might be now, with Tom okay, Kind of fun. Tom- <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> and then it's great that he actually helped this blogger's life out. Now that they have some type of community. All's well that ends well, yeah, right? That's right. Tom Arnold here on the uh, PGP. What else we got? Uh, exactly 50 podcasts ago, we had uh, Cut It Out. Dave Couillé. Yeah. Promoting uh, what was about to be Fuller House. Yes, that's right. When that came out on Netflix, which, by the way, not good reviews since we had them on. Will they get a second epi- a second series? I second don't, season? I haven't read up enough on it. Because it's weird. With Netflix, like, they'll just roll them all out and they're all out at once. So it's not like you're waiting, like, by network television for it to happen. So they probably do. Because they probably found their, like, kind of younger audience that maybe, but there's a lot of people, and this has become, like, a thing, like, with Ghostbusters out currently right now, yeah. where where people hold on to things from their childhood, and they want to relive those moments. So when sure. Fuller House came on, everybody's like, oh, man, I loved Full House. Like, this adult nation that when they were younger, and quite a few of them, if you read Twitter when it came out, boy, were they disappointed it didn't hold the test of time. Yeah, they were not happy, but uh, Dave Coulier... Um, is such an interesting guy because not only was he Uncle Joey Gladstone in Full House, but he dated Alanis Morissette, and the song that she sung, You Ought to Know, the the urban legend is that it was about Dave Coulier. Could you imagine a scorned ex-lover singing angry songs about Dave Coulier? So I asked him about it. Hey, are you sick of answering questions about the Alanis Morissette song, You Ought to Know? Because I, I, I've read quotes about this. You're like, dude, that's not necessarily even about me. Well, it happened a long time ago. I, I dated Alanis in 1992. So, I mean, this is a really old story. And, and um you know, people say, well, why was she so angry? And, you know, I never I never got that about her. You know, she was one of the most happy, funny, pleasant, smart women, you know, that I've ever met. And, and people, oh, man, she was really angry. <laughs> I was like, well, I never, I never got that. She, she couldn't have been a happier person. Well, if you listen to Jagged Little Pill front to back on the album, one of the greatest albums of all time, doesn't seem like a happy person. No, not a happy person at all. Number one, I was hoping to get a little bit more fireworks out of Joey Gladstone right there, Dave Coulier. He pulled back a little bit. But number two, it seems very weird to describe Alanis Morissette as one of the happiest people you've ever met because, yeah, she's had multiple songs that are very bitter and angry. <laughs> and She was kind of like a much bitter angrier version of Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift ever existed. And it's yeah. kind of weird to look at it now because she wasn't as poppy, but she was, Alanis Morissette for those couple years was very popular. Like, remember. Hugely popular. but all over. But I wouldn't have said Taylor Swift because she wasn't, like, aiming towards tweens. No, but ta- I'm talking about Taylor Swift where, you know, she kind of, not as angry, but throws a lot of, like, stu- heat in songs that, like, ex-boyfriends and stuff like that. Mm, right. Alanis Morissette, kind of a similar genre, if you always will. Always about ex-relationships. Right, exactly. Always about boy trouble. Always about, yeah, the drama. Yeah, you're right. So I was just hoping we were going to get something more out of Dave Coulier on that answer. But I will say that I'm proud that the Permission Granted podcast included Dave Coulier being asked about Alanis Morissette. Always have that on the Rolodex. <laughs> Always. That's just a that's just a famous moment here in PGP history. All right, Moraz, how about number six? What do we got here on the next the next spot on our list? I would say 
this might have been the last time we had a guest. I should have double-checked this, but this okay. was something that... Great moment in history, our last guest. Right. This was something that sparked a ton of reaction. Perhaps the most reaction on the show itself oh. of any of our permission-granted podcast guests. Do you want oh. to take a guest on that? Uh, the most reaction... On the show. From the PGP to the show. I don't know. Shane from Chipotle oh, Tweets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is great. So I went on my anti-Chipotle jihad. I had uh, been a Chipotle fan for approximately a decade, and they kept uh, telling me how healthy it was. Then they got most of the country sick with a norovirus. And most coli. of the country, what, seven people out of the billion that live in America? I believe it was 13 states. 13 states, but it was 13 define states. sick. I mean, a hangnail from a little corn doesn't hurt. I don't think anybody gets hangnails from viruses. So uh, then I went on my jihad, and uh, Mraz got all squirrely because he was uh, upset that maybe I was pushing Chipotle farther into the gutter, and that maybe I would be dissuading our listeners from going to Chipotle, and that this could potentially rip Chipotle away from his uh, meaty fingers. And so we had... Uh, Shane, the Twitter spokesman for Chipotle on the PGP, and Mraz described just what uh, a life-changing experience going to Chipotle was. Yeah, I mean, Shane, ever since college, I chose my college based on a Chipotle being nearby, and that's always been the thing that got me by, whether it's a week of work or anywhere I've been in my life, I've had a Chipotle close by. And I have figured out in my life that it would probably be easier for me to find another wife, another woman, yeah. than it would be to find another burrito right. to enjoy other than that of Chipotle. I went to Mexico once, and I couldn't wait to get home and have Chipotle because the food stunk in Mexico. I cannot live without it, so I need to be guaranteed that Chipotle will be around forever because, quite frankly, I will die without it. And I've mentioned this on the air. That That's my favorite place to eat. I can't lose Chipotle. It would be like losing you know, my grandmother. But the- I cannot survive life moments. Like Anytime there's hardship... Chipotle is where I turn, wow. and I just need to ensure that that will always be there for me because I cannot survive if Chipotle does not survive. I'm a big fan of that metaphor, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, Moraz is not by, is, he's not alone. Oh. Is, that is that is very indicative of of our core of our core customer. You know, there's a, in fact, you know, being able to count on. Uh, the 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 flavor and the quality that you're going to get. Oh yeah, that's see that's a tremendous answer from yeah, Shane. Yeah, yeah, you can always count on the quality of Chipotle. That's you can, why... and as he said, there were weddings in that interview. Weddings that book Chipotle as their caterer. Well, that's the whole point. You can't count on their uh, quality. That's why they they went in the tank. That's why it was a national scandal. Somebody sabotaged. Them themselves were not to blame. I just love the idea that you're like, I'll die unless I have a Chipotle burrito. And Shane goes, yeah, there's a lot of people that feel that way. <laughs> that, no, there's not. No, there's not. No, no, most people really like Chipotle, but know that they would not pass away without it. I don't know. Chipotle's got that cult following. I'm not alone. Let me tell you, uh, another round of flyers from Chipotle to uh, my apartment building. Buy one, get one. I'm telling you. the They're the, pushing it. The stock must be dropping again. I don't think it's dropping. Every time I go, there's more and more people in there. Yeah, crawling back. Crawling back one by one. This chorizo they've they've added has just added fire to this Have you place. had it? No, because I'm not a big chorizo guy to begin with. <laughs> okay. I respect that people love it, and I'm, I'm all for trying new things, but I'll stick with what I like. Okay, what's number seven? Okay, we're going to—this uh, is where things get interesting. We're only going to have one guest of the next four moments, uh-huh. if you will. 
We're going to skip the guest for now. We're going to go to Steve-O Moralia. The okay. week that I was away last week, uh, last year, before last year. Joe D joined the show, he had to produce the entire week. James Ward was also Planet away. Planet Steve-O. And you, in discussing with Steve-O, his faults for the week, instead of him putting up a fight and defending himself, he was so e- quick to throw in the towel <laughs> on himself that it was, quite frankly, pathetic, and it was noted on the Permission Granted podcast. Yeah, Mraz was out, so Steve-O popped into the executive producer chair before Jolt and Joe D had uh, joined us and you gotta love Steve-O because he is so accepting of his flaws and his faults. If you just point him out, he's like yeah, no, you're right. Like, I'm terrible at that. So you gotta love anybody that doesn't put up a fight. At the same time, I was so frustrated because the show had spiraled into the toilet by Wednesday. Things You're I, so stressed. I am. I want this to go well. I want to get an A. I, damn it, I want an A. <laughs> the effort's been there. I hope so. I mean, I've gotten (laughs) a thousand more gray hairs since I started working on this The effort's been there. It's just that you uh, let a lot of things drop between the cracks. No. Yes. Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, All right, I don't... (laughs) You're so adamant to fight that point, and then within... Within five seconds, you're like, well, yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> well, you know, you brought up to me right before we started the podcast that I didn't tweet, <laughs> that I don't tweet out the guests. Yeah. Oh, my God. That that week. It, Monday was fine. Uh, we tightened up a few things. Tuesday started to get a little bit more. He had Rick Barry on the plane to Africa calling in. <laughs> that was his big guest. <laughs> Frank at the edges. By Wednesday, he was falling apart. By Thursday and Friday, we were just punting. Friday, I was one of the two guests on vacation. (laughs) Merez was booked as a guest to talk about the two-sock trip when you had a little uh, poopy pants and you... On your drive from Port St. Lucie to Orlando, and you needed to pull over not once but twice and use your sock. Yes, I did use uh, both socks. Both socks. Thankfully, you know, I have two. (laughs) Well, I I miss Planet Steve-O in some ways. He was always good for a laugh. At the same time, the show is wildly more efficient with Joe D there. A hundred percent. Joe's a stickler for the details. Steve was not. No, not at all. But he always had a good attitude. That's all. Always had a great attitude. No, okay, okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What's uh, number eight here? Well, we go from Steve-O to the man who ran the wheels of steel before ah, Steve-O, Kenny Brock. The predecessor. Who very early on, this was Permission Graded Podcast 29, really had a problem with Cowboy fans and the Cowboys and didn't like me stepping in on his rant. Oh. And this is 50 seconds, I'll just warn you, of Kenny Brock just being quintessential Kenny Brock, hungry, angry, once is in no mood for anything. This was as vicious and as savage as he ever was on air to you. Be- behind the scenes, off the air, Brock would let you have it. On the air, he would poke fun at you. On the air, he would quarrel with you. But it wasn't vicious um, because obviously we had a dump button and whatnot. Brock from Philadelphia, especially in the overnights, had little sleep, was not eating well, was in a little hot apartment trying to sleep in the middle of the summer. Was decaying before our eyes. Was decaying before our eyes. Uh, he wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping, wasn't living well, wasn't having, didn't have any air conditioning, and it was, uh, it was watching him just kind of self-implode. And on the PGP one day, when you tried to jump into a point, he just, he just annihilated you. 
They're the freaking Dallas Cowboys. What do we expect from them? They want all the glitz and the glamour and the fame and all, everyone to talk about them. This is what you're supposed to freaking do. You're supposed to win. Sorry that you've been mediocre for over a freaking decade, but I'm not going to pat you on the back for going 6-1 and one when, you know, when that is what is expected of a team of that, you know, quote-unquote caliber and an organization of that caliber. I have zero respect for the Cowboys. Cool, you went to Seattle and won. Seattle looks like they're not the team that they were last year. Okay, you beat the Saints. The Saints sucked this year. Who else have you beaten? The Titans suck. The Rams suck. The Texans suck. The Giants suck. Uh, I mean, I'm not, no, shut up. The you Giants the, were really beat up. up in that shut game. Shut up. The Giants suck. <laughs> have you seen All that right, injury roll the deck? Shut up. I'm and that was sta- a one-possession game late. That's it. Your mic's going off until I'm done with my freaking rant. The Giants freaking suck, and I don't want to hear a second f- <laughs> 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 I don't want to hear a second freaking word about it. Boy, you forget those moments. Oh, man. That was good. And the whole rant is even better because he's just, uh, he's just, he's wound up so tight. An Eagles fan that hates the Cowboys. That was the year that the Cowboys actually started out well, uh, went to the playoffs. That was the, uh, the, the Des Bryant catch no catch year. Catch no catch year, right. Um, and he was just laying into him and, Shut up! Shut up! You shut up! I I can't. St- I'm turning off your microphone. And that then, was then drops an f bomb. We have to bleep out. That week, I believe, was my trip to Kansas City. If I'm not mistaken, I went out to a Chiefs Chiefs Rams game because um, a friend of mine, his wife, had battled cancer and she was being honored at the halftime. So I remember listening to that PGP in the airport. And laughing out loud <laughs> as I was like passing people on the carousel, going, "This is unbelievable! That Brock has totally lost his mind." I remember being in the studio recording with him and being a little scared, actually, because he had this like look in his eyes, this fire in his eyes, where it feels like one of these shows you watch where like somebody's in prison and they're about to snap, and I'm like, "Oh no!" Like, I this man is about to fly off the rails. <laughs> oh man, that's great. All right, number nine. Okay, well. <laughs> I don't even know if we could explain this, but we had a porn star on the show. Oh, boy. And you had to ask the question because it had to be asked, what kind of films does she specialize in? And boy, does she have a specialty. So this was so wild. Uh, Jada Diamond is an adult movie actress. And when we were on the overnights, she used to tweet at us sports takes. Yeah, about Cleveland specifically, or a lot about LeBron and the Browns and stuff like that. Specifically Cleveland. We were on in Cleveland, 92.3 The Fan. And Jada Diamond would tweet at both you and I, sports takes, Cleveland sports takes. And we were like, this is wild. We've got a, a, a porn actress tweeting at us, specifically Cleveland sports takes overnight. So I think I said to you, you know what? Maybe we should get her on the show. She seems like she has takes. But we couldn't trust her on the air. So this was clearly cut out for the Permission Granted podcast. Right. So we booked her for the PGP. And I have, uh, I'd like to say I never interviewed a porn star before, but I have. Oh. In Miami on WQAM. Well, that makes sense. I, all, I mean, there was no rules. There were some things you couldn't say on the air, but in terms of overall content. Talk about whatever. I they used to send me on remote to strip clubs. I used to do my show from happy hour at a strip club. How do you focus? I mean, you can't. <laughs> it, was so, it was so wild. We had. Let's break down Zach Thomas. South, <laughs> South Florida is just a, a haven for gamblers and prostitutes and drug addicts. And it's just, it's the Wild West in so many ways. And so QAM used to send me to strip clubs. 
So we had a Playboy, I guess it's not a porn star, Playboy model, Nikki Sexton, who then went on to do some rough stuff. Oh, good for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she came in to do an, she was promoting something. They wanted me to have her on the show. I forget. But anyway, uh, she came in. And so that was the first time I ever had an adult film star on the air. Uh, and that was pretty awkward. But I couldn't talk sports with Nikki Sexton. With Jada Diamond, I was like, okay, at least we can have get some takes. She loved Matthew Delavadova. She did. But Jada didn't really have a ton of sports takes. No. It was mainly about her career, and it turned out that her boyfriend at the time, or currently when we interviewed Husband, her. Husband, I don't know. Was from Cleveland. She was from, you guessed it, Florida. Right. She moved to Cleveland to be with him. He was from Cleveland. He was a big Browns fan and a big Cavs fan, so she kind of like latched on and was listening to us. I don't know what she was doing in the middle of the night listening to us. I have a few guesses. Okay. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so here is Jada Diamond on the PGP. I basically shoot um, top-end um, movies. Uh, so when, um, when I'm looking to shoot, they, the producers already pretty much know that I'm looking for that, and they come right out and, and uh, they go, this is what we have to offer. This is what we're shooting. Would you like it? Yes or no? And I basically tell them I normally don't go out there for less than four or five scenes. Mm. And, of course, the specific price that I'm asking per scene. Right. Um, and if you can commit to all that, <laughs> and, um, then I'm good to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're, hmm, all right. Oh, You're the best oh, responses to that. <laughs> okay. Um, so we bleeped it out there, but how did we creatively describe the type of movie she does? Um, well, there is an area behind you as a human being hmm. that uh, right. can be discussed as a bit of a crater, if you will. That's a weird way to describe it. Like the moon? You know the moon has craters? Yeah, well, I mean... I'm I'm trying to work here around the edges. Give me give me. I didn't hear you blurt out anything. Like, uh... put it this way: if you have your starting catcher as far as uh, if your starting catcher on the field is a private area on your body, and you have a backup catcher that maybe plays a day game after a night game, she shoots a lot with the backup catcher. He gets paid a lot of money. At all. I'm sure somebody <laughs> listening know. will get it. I don't it. think that metaphor works. She does stuff with the butt. All right. I mean, <laughs> if you want to come right out and say it, Can I'm a crater backup catcher. I was trying to work with the program here. The, glute- the butt. The gluteus maximus. Yeah, we're not telling you where in the butt, but you can only imagine. <laughs> I don't get your metaphor at all with the backup catcher. Well, I guess you're going to have to further explain that <laughs> off the air. I was trying to work on the fly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, she started, I mean, it was too graphic, too detailed. Oh, that was not good. I mean, where, <laughs> where do we go from there? <laughs> okay, and number 10, what is our final clip? Speaking of butts, uh, we're doing a lot of butt <laughs> stuff towards the end here. Uh, this is a permission granted podcast <laughs> where anytime we've had Jay Berman on since his podcast, he always references his podcast what 51. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? Uh, myself and Jay Berman have grown to become good friends in the four mm. years we've worked here. We mm-hmm. work a lot of the same hours, so mm-hmm. so we've become buddies. But mm-hmm. Jay Berman is, you consider me a pig on the air. Jay Berman is a pig in the newsroom. <laughs> oh, my God. Off the air. He's the biggest pig. He is the, he's the worst newsroom etiquette. And he Belching, ha- gas. A lot of gas. Lots of gas. And... 
He'll, Audible. He'll let the gas fly in the newsroom. And you know what? I actually don't mind. Man, Man's going to make some noises, right? <laughs> okay, man's going to make some noises. So I've uh, got suckered in, and I've passed some gas back his way. Uh-huh. Okay, however, Jay Berman decided one day to pass gas over my open container of food I was about hey, to eat he, for dinner. He crop dusted your open dinner. And I found this to be crossing the line of gas, yeah. but he felt I should have accepted it. <laughs> so we got really at each other's throats <laughs> while Joe D was in there trying to play referee as who was right as far as, uh, we'll just say fart etiquette goes. Yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's fire let, that away. One of our favorite, or one of our most infamous moments, I should say, in PGP history. The give and the take is what rubs me the wrong way. But that was already a response. You no, don't get don't, to respond what, to a response like you did today. That was disgusting. I'm eating. Well, my question to you is, <laughs> is that you prefaced this by suggesting you were in a bad mood and I didn't have the proper fart etiquette. Now right. you're telling us it was in response to me doing it to you. The fact no, that you're, you're not making ba- any sense. No, you're not understanding any sense. Okay, Either let's go. you were in a bad mood or you are suggesting now that you have not in the past grabbed my head, shoved it up yes. your butt crack, and farted. <laughs> not shoved it up your butt crack, okay? Number one. <laughs> the mood is irrelevant. It was responsive. You have lied to the listeners. I have not lied to Loyal any- listeners no, are now listening no. to your Shut up. verbal fart. Shut up, Jay. Yeah. Oh, so you cut it off there. Uh, so you were kind of pulling a Brock. I thought you were going to also include at the end of the, when he walks off the when, podcast. And he walks off, and then he also doesn't he drop a fart? Yeah, at the end, as he's about to leave, he farts out loud into the microphone, leaving somebody futurely to probably get pink eye. Let's let's add that in right here because that moment is so good, and it's the walk off. And that's how we should end the PGP 100 with the walk-off. Okay, so uh, without further ado, thank you for listening to the Permission Granted (laughs) Podcast 100. And here is how Jay Berman walked off PGP 51. You removed my head and made the surprise face like you can't believe that wasn't more than just... (laughs) Oh, my God, Jay! Oh, my God, you farted right here as we're having this discussion! You lose right there! I never That's a walk-off! You're right. Mic dropped. It stinks! Game over. Oh. Go change your underwear. Yeah, My you know goodness. There it is. The way to finally end the 100th Permission Granted podcast. Thanks for everybody for making this a popular podcast. Because of it, we had to uh, post it on its own iTunes feed, which is awesome. has its own cool graphic now. The graphics department wanted to whip something up, and uh, it's been great. So keep listening. Keep downloading. Completely free on iTunes. Uh, every single week we release it. It's usually a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning when it's released. And uh, enjoy it. We'll do it again next week. 101 is coming your way. Hopefully the next 100 episodes are as entertaining as the first 100. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.